You are about to get hosed again. House prices are out of reach. Rents are up. Gas is up. Groceries. Everything. Shortages. Inflation. Did you see the latest numbers? 8.5%. And yet, as all this goes along, and you're hit with more and more fees and charges, so often politics is involved and doesn't need to be. In 2010... Democrats, led by Governor Jack Markell, pushed through the Bloom Energy Bloom Doggle, saying the so-called renewable energy source, which is as renewable as, say, natural gas that it uses, would only cost you, the Delmarva customer, a few pennies more every month. Maybe a dollar at most. But don't worry. We've crunched the numbers, say the government accountants and advisors. Oops. Within a couple of years... You're getting hammered for $5 a month or more. As predicted by Delaware Energy researcher John Nichols, as well as those at the Department of Economics at the Caesar Rodney Institute. They all said, this is nonsense. Don't believe them. Don't believe them. And then the Democrats said, oh, don't believe those guys. Well, those guys were right. Yes, it was accurately predicted and ignored which is why you are paying so much more now. This week, the University of Delaware published a paper saying offshore wind turbine electricity will cost the same as current wholesale energy prices. Again, the Caesar Rodney Institute has crunched the numbers and calls BS on this one as well. Now, hopefully, this one will not be ignored. On the phone is economist David Stevenson, director of the Center for Energy Competitiveness for the Caesar Rodney Institute. And, David, thanks for being on, sir. I am delighted to be here. Thank you, Rick. Interesting to note, uh, David, you were a pioneer in developing solar photovoltaic panels, weren't you? I was. I was. I worked at the DuPont Company uh, back in the 1980s. The Jet Propulsion Laboratory uh, and Sandia National Lab were trying to bring solar uh, photovoltaic technology down from space to Earth. And they turned to DuPont for designing the manufacturing process and the raw materials that would go into that. And I was running a tech lab at that point. We were doing a lot of the testing on these to make sure they would last. So I've been following those panels for the last, uh, I don't even want to say how many years here. Got some on my my roof, and they're doing fine. Uh, Also, folks, I want you to know that uh, economist David Stevenson has published over a hundred analytic studies, including major studies, on the regional greenhouse gas initiative, uh, the EPA Clean Power Plan, the electric grid reliability, public policy drivers of energy cost, climate change. This guy knows his stuff. And so I'm very, very interested to know why you believe this uh, report to the state of Delaware by the special initiative on offshore wind at the University of Delaware is full of holes. Well, first of all, I got to tell you, when I saw uh, this report released and saw the results, I, I, I just shook my head and said, what are they talking about? These offshore wind projects are ridiculously expensive. Uh, I did some research for uh, Governor Yunkin in Virginia on 
the cost of offshore wind. The, their utility, their major utility, is 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 about to uh, try to build a big project off the coast of Virginia, and they just raised the cost of their capital cost from eight billion to ten billion to build this project, twenty five percent increase. Uh, we just saw an article yesterday from Europe. The wind ma- wind turbine manufacturers have raised their prices 20%. And w- one of the big conclusions from this university study is that the cost of offshore wind is going to fall. Uh, so that kind of gets your attention when you, you already know what's going on. And one of the first sentences in the study says the price is going to fall. So uh, that got my attention. I took a deeper look and basically found a number number of flaws in, in this study. Okay, so so for, tell, tell us, so what was their, um, why did they presume that the cost will fall, and uh, what did you find that was at fault in that analysis? They, there, there's, there's a whole bunch of things. That, the price is falling. There, there's one or two studies out there. They, they cherry-picked studies that said the prices were going to drop. Uh, most studies do not show that happening. The gold standard of of where we get information is from the U.S. Department of Energy. Uh, every year, they update what the comparative cost is if you're going to build a natural gas plant versus building a coal plant or a solar facility or an onshore wind facility or offshore or nuclear. And they just released the, the latest release uh, less than a month ago. So we have those numbers, and, and what they show, when, first of all, the way they do it, is the, it's very hard to compare one thing to another. So, for example, a natural gas plant, you've got the capital cost, you've got operation and maintenance, you've got the fuel cost, you've got that over a period of, of 40, 45 years, 50 years that that plant's going to exist. And then you compare that, say, to a solar facility, that it's almost – all capital cost up front. There's a little bit of operation and maintenance. There's no fuel, and you might be looking at a 20, 25-year life. So to put those on an equal basis, they look at the total lifetime cost, bring it back to $2021, and you can compare one to the other. uh, They do a very thorough job of it. They're experts at it. So you look right now, uh, the cost of, let's say, putting up a, a new solar facility the power from that is going to cost about $36 a megawatt hour. A megawatt hour is about the amount of electricity a residential customer uses in one month. So $36. Right now they're saying offshore wind is going to be almost $137. So you're looking at uh, three and a half, four times as expensive. So they're saying that, and here's the University of Delaware saying this different number. So uh, what the University of Delaware did is a lot of these offshore wind projects start off with a first-year price, mm-hmm. and then they put an escalator on it. For example, the Skipjack project that was just approved by the Maryland Public Service Commission off our coast in southern Delaware uh, starts off at about $95, but then it adds $3 a, 3% a year. When you take that out and average it, I mean, by the end of the 20 years, you're looking at over $200. So you, you, you can't look at the first year. You've got to look at the entire life cycle. So they didn't do that. Yeah, so uh, I see in your report you're saying, in reality, offshore wind power 
is going to be three and a half to 5.7 times as expensive as the current wholesale price. Not the same wholesale price as the University of Delaware's. Uh, and I would say that they, they're solar activists. I mean, sorry, they're wind. They're not the price their wind activists are, are saying. 5.7 times more expensive, which means for you and me and everybody else, we could be easily spending another $500 a year in our electric bills. They could be going up easily 500 bucks a year for wind. Exactly, because you've got a couple of other factors in there. So one of the things they did is they decided they would compare it. Instead of you know, we, we have a regional grid that we get our wholesale power from, and uh, every day and uh, and one hour before the power gets used, there's a there's an update. But 24 hours ahead, one hour ahead, we there are electric generators that bid into the system, and that the 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 the, the last bid that meets the needs becomes the bid for everybody for that hour. That's the wholesale price, and that's averaging. Uh, about $40 a megawatt hour, about the same cost you're going to look at uh, over the lifetime of a solar facility or a natural gas facility. What they did is they said, okay, well, we looked at Delmarva's wholesale price. Well, Delmarva has to set their price in approval from the Delaware Public Service Commission. The Public Service Commission doesn't like surprises. So what they have done, because prices can vary day to day and month to month, and they do, uh, so they wanted some stability. So the Public Service Commission said, Delmarva Power, you go out every every third every for over a three year period, one third of your power gets bid, and you get a locked in price for three years. Well, when you do that, there's a fifty percent premium from the company that guarantees your price. So they, uh, they you know, the Delmarva wholesale price looks like it's fifty percent higher, mm-hmm. and that's the price that the university used to compare it to. Uh, not the true wholesale price. We, we uh, last year the average wholesale price in, for our regional grid was just under forty dollars. So that's the price they should compare to. So over the and lifetime other- of a project, you're really, you're talking about really here is uh, the the levelized cost of electricity over the lifetime exactly. of a particular uh, generator, be it wind, be it solar, be it nuclear, things like that. And what you're saying exactly. is that if you take the lifetime of these uh, these big wind turbines, and you calculate. Also, you have to figure out how, the capacity too, because they could be running full bore and put out only a capacity of thirty seven percent. And yet, a nuclear power plant can be running full bore. They don't really don't, but they can be, and the capacity would be ninety to ninety five percent of what they're putting out. So you think about exactly. When you think about well, you know. If we want to have energy, we want to be able to go home, turn on the lights, and turn on the air conditioning, turn on the heater, and we're moving towards all electricity because Biden's administration says that's what they're going to be funding and everything else is going to be unfunded or defunded, then this is going to be our life. And so if we see these numbers here from this University of Delaware research paper and realize that over the course of the lifetime of this project – not only is it going to cost you another five hundred bucks a year, maybe five forty-five, maybe even more over the course of time, but we may not have as reliable electricity even uh, from wind power as opposed to some other sources. This, this is what you're saying. Yes, exactly. So, on top of the 
levelized cost of electricity that you that you mentioned that that we came up with this hundred and thirty seven dollars from 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 the Department of Energy. You, there is a cost for that intermittency for that unreliability. You can calculate it a couple of different ways. One, you can say, well, I'm going to build batteries. Uh, you know, I'm going to add batteries to uh, which are very very expensive, or uh, there are estimates of what it costs when you go to a backup. Say there are, there are specific natural gas power plants that are designed to be backups. They're basically jet engines that that can start up almost immediately, but the power is a lot more expensive from that. So when you need a lot of backup, you you can add to that levelized cost another another twenty bucks a megawatt hour, and that's not the last of it. Uh, the problem with offshore wind is it's at the very edge of our regional grid. So you've got to be able to get – you don't know where that power is going to be needed at any given second. So you've got to be able to move that power through the grid by building more transmission lines. And the cost of that, according to the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, you can add another 25% to the cost. So that uh, that $137 becomes what now? Uh, 100 and, well, by the time you're done, you're up around $170. So when you add all that up, uh, this is where we get uh, $545 a year uh, kind of price. So this this doesn't make sense to me. You know, it, it, for example, uh, at the big climate summit last year, there was a lot of talk about nuclear, nuclear, nuclear. And, uh, and Joe has promised $6 billion into, you know, some maintenance for some old nuclear pl- power plants. And that makes sense to me because, quite honestly, uh, a brand new nuclear power plant currently runs about 7 billion dollars to build and i was reading actually at the u.s energy information administration which you mentioned this is where they get all their numbers and you know all the information and data comes from and according to them uh the salem nuclear power plant produces 2327 megawatts 2307 okay running at 88.5 percent capacity and according to the international renewable energy agency Today's turbines with rotor diameters of the big ones like Joe was talking about, you know, bigger than a football field, right? 164 meters. Uh, eight football fields, try. Okay, fine. It's, it's just huge. Um, they, they, they generate like three to five megawatts each offshore. Three to five. One nuclear power plant, six, maybe seven billion dollars, 2,327 megawatts. And one turbine, three to five megawatts this doesn't seem to make sense how many turbines do they they plan to put out there and are they going to spend more than seven billion dollars and if you have this capacity efficiency of anything less than say you know 88.5 percent why even bother with wind well exactly and that's one of the reasons we're looking at advanced nuclear uh as you mentioned uh the levelized cost on that same study, uh, Rick, was uh, about $83 for a uh, an, an advanced nuclear plant and uh, compared to the 137 So we could build nuclear cheaper. And here's what happens. You mentioned Salem, uh, the Salem plant. That fits on an island. Yeah. You know, the, the much smaller uh, capacity uh, leasing area off the coast of Delaware will run – from Rehoboth down to Fenwick Island, that's 25 miles in length, and be about 15 miles thick. 
and it won't produce anywhere near the power that comes out of that nuclear plant. And uh, actually, one of the other projects I'm working on that you you probably are not aware of, uh, some of these advanced nuclear potential is to use the existing waste fuel rods uh, and and generate power from them instead of new uranium. And if we were to do that, if we look at the current level of waste in the United States of these old fuel rods, they've only used about 4% of the energy in the rod. These advanced uh, reactors uh, can use about 95% uh, through recycling. We have enough fuel rods to power the entire U.S. grid for 200 years hmm. without ever mining any more uranium. So we're trying to get uh, we're trying to get uh, our president to make that a priority. And actually, what we're trying to do is get him to uh, to come up with a 2030 date that we will have the first of these new reactors online. We'd like him to announce it like the Apollo mission was announced by President Kennedy that we're going to make this a national priority. By the way, so I, I want to get to uh, that's on that no, that's pretty awesome. I want to get to this this offshore wind procurement options, University of Delaware, uh, this study he's talking about. Uh, the advisors, contributors, and reviewers of the study, they're all in the wind business. Wind energy business uh, models like uh, Acre Solutions, you've got Simply Blue Group, uh, you've got a special initiative on offshore wind, the SIOW. you got a Newark lawyer who specializes in reno- renewable energy law and government relations over at uh, Phillips McLaughlin Hall. You've got the Maryland Energy Administration. You've got the National Renewable Energy Lab. You've got the Offshore Wind American Clean Power Association, National Renewable Energy Lab, uh, Vineyard Wind American Clean Power Association. In other words, uh, these are all people who have a dog in the fight. And it's all one-sided. It used to be that if a university did a study like this, that would be scandalous. That it's just one side as as opposed to something that's a study from multiple sides. Wouldn't it be? Yeah, exactly. And and so what they did is they advertised that this study was peer-reviewed. Well, there, there's kind of a joke in, in, in the uh, economics field that a peer review, if you do it improperly, becomes a PAL review. You get your friends to do it. So, And that's exactly what's happened here. Uh, you, you don't really get challenged. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's a big issue. Uh, so, scientists, we've got to wrap this up, David. I just want people to know, scientists and economics, yep. uh, and, scientist and economist David Stevenson, University of Delaware research paper on offshore wind costs gets an F. You can read it at CaesarRodney.org, CaesarRodney.org. I think we have time for uh, one call with the aviator Alex. Hey, uh, Alex, what's your question? Hey, Rick. Um, the the numbers are, are like a little bit off. Um, by the latest uh, numbers here, 150-meter turbine produces 10 to 12 megawatts hour, uh, 45 to 50% efficiency. But that's not the point. Everybody keeps on comparing uh, energy to this, to that. Why don't we just use them all and use them one to back up the other, and this way we never have failures. If fossil fails, solar's there. If solar fails, wind is there. If wind fails, fusion is there. But why do people have to compare it all? Well, I would say this. I would. I would say the answer to that question is because 
That's what everybody does. We want to compare and contrast what's the most affordable, what's the most effective, what actually produces power regularly and not intermittently. I mean, for me, I, I would go to nuclear. I think that's the answer to the question. And by the way, I got my numbers from the U.S. government, which David said is what everybody is using. David? Yes. So, yeah, the Public Service Commission that protects us, they're the, they're the, they're the organization that, that keeps the utilities honest. Uh, they have three goals. They want clean energy, they want reliable energy, and they want affordable energy. Wind, offshore wind energy is not reliable. It's not affordable. It's not reliable. So we can – that one has to come off the table. You don't take the most expensive one. The, the, the plan – the university – came up with this plan and they said, we ought to build uh, a very large offshore wind facility that would supply 27% of, of Delaware's power. Well, if you're taking a very expensive source uh, that now has a, over a quarter of the supply, your prices are going to go up dramatically, which we said four or five hundred dollars a year. Yeah, I know. I saw that. David Stevenson, appreciate that. See the whole report there at CaesarRodney.org, CaesarRodney.org.